You're listening to episode 47 of the Beauty Business Podcast with me, Adam Chatterley. And if you don't know me already, well, I'm your host here on the show. We're here for the independent businesses in the health, wellness and beauty industry. I want to help you reach your business goals through simple, practical and focused business information. So whether you own or manage a beauty salon, a spa or a clinic, we're all about the foundations of building not only an incredible, rewarding and profitable business, but above all, a stress-free one too. In short, I want to help you make more money, have more time and simply enjoy what it is you do. Sound good? Okay, let's go. Should your treatment menu be more like my favorite pizza? There, just going to leave that thought with you for a second. If you weren't fully paying attention, I asked if it might be better if your treatment menu were more like my favorite pizza. Confused? Excellent. Now, how does that feel? As humans, we love to complicate things. You might not believe me, but we do it all the time. It stems from the idea, I think, that something complicated has more value than something simple. You know, a push bike with 28 gears, a racing frame and suspension forks is better than a basic push bike with one gear and a rigid frame. A book with 628 pages is clearly better than one with just 243 pages. And a travel bag with 73 compartments and zippers and all kinds of things is better than a bag with just one compartment in it. But it all depends on its purpose, though, doesn't it? You see, complications lead to problems. That racing bike is much harder to make than the basic one and therefore is going to cost more money to buy and maintain. The book with 628 pages is going to take a lot longer to write than the one with just 243, especially if just 243 pages is all that's needed. And then that bag with the 73 compartments and zippers and pockets and everything is going to cost a lot more money and also mean you spend about 73 times longer trying to find your mobile phone when you can't remember which compartment you put it in. And we do it with treatment menus and price lists too. As business owners, we feel like we constantly need to be adding more and more and more things to our offerings. You know, client numbers seem to be dropping off. Let's add more treatments. We haven't had any changes to the treatment menu in a while. Let's add more treatments and services. Booking numbers are down a bit. Let's add some more packages. Now, on the other hand, there seems to be this logic that if you add more choice, you'll attract more people. However, I call this the myth of more. You see, this is often the false belief that by offering more things, we will get more results. If we add more services and package, we will attract more clients. If your treatment menu is bigger than everyone else's, it makes you look more impressive and larger as a business yourself. And if you have more treatments on offer, people who already come to you will surely book more treatments. But how true is this? And what is the downside of it? So let's first of all look at this from your point of view as the business owner. You know, more treatments mean more complexity and more cost for you. You've got to keep your staff trained upon more treatments, resulting in additional costs, more time out of the business and things like that. Maybe you need extra certification for these extra treatments. Your insurance premiums will likely go up because you're offering more treatments. You become less specialized, trying to keep up with so many different disciplines. And that can mean that you miss out on some of the latest developments happening in your core area or your favored discipline. Now, this could in turn mean that you miss out on new opportunities doing the things that you actually really enjoy doing. Now, let's take a look at this from your customer side. 
you know, your treatment menu becomes longer and inevitably more complex. The assumption is that more choice equals more options, leading to more clients or more bookings. But actually, studies have shown time and time again that offering too many choices actually leads to indecision on the part of purchasers and your clients. And rather than having to engage that extra bit of brain power to decide between a much larger choice of potentially very similar treatments, they actually don't make a decision at all. Now, this could either be that they decide to put it off until later, meaning they don't actually book, or they consciously or subconsciously actually look elsewhere for a more simple decision to make. Now, there's this famous experiment that took place back in the year 2000 by a couple of psychologists looking specifically at this question of offering more choice to consumers and its effects in the real world. Now, it involves a supermarket where for a whole week, they sold a huge choice of 24 types of jam. They had a promotional tasting table, mandal set up um, with lots of focus to garner lots of customer interest. Now, the following week, they had exactly the same setup in place, tasting table and all, but only six types of jam were on offer. Now, guess which week sold more jam? Yep, the one where there were only a few choices of jam available. Now, in truth, the larger table consisting of the 24 jams generated a lot more interest from customers, but far fewer purchases. And in fact, people purchased 10 times less jam when there were those 24 options than when there were just the six options. And that's quite a difference, 10 times. Now, if you put this in terms of our industry, then that means lots more people will take a copy of your extra large treatment menu with its wonderful choice, but far fewer people will actually book. So not only have you spent all that money to produce that beautiful, longer, bigger treatment menu or price list, now you're giving more of them away, costing you even more money, but actually getting less bookings for your trouble. Now, it turns out that choice actually paralyzes your customer and they don't buy or they don't book in our case. Now, if you're thinking, yeah, Adam, but this is jam, not beauty and wellness services. Well, the experiment was so controversial that it's actually been repeated many times with everything from clothing, nappies, shampoo, drinks, legal and accounting services, indeed, all sorts of things. And the same results keep showing up. Now, I said right back at the beginning of the episode, should your treatment menu be more like my favorite pizza? And I said that at the time deliberately to confuse you. But actually, I meant it in a way. You see, choice confuses people. And you know what? Most of the time, simple is best. Now, it just so happens that my favorite pizza is pepperoni, just tomato sauce, cheese and pepperoni. No fancy base, no filled crust, no extra toppings. I've tried them, but they kind of just get in the way of the taste that I know I want and I know I like. So, you know, for me, give me a full body massage and a pepperoni pizza and I'm happy. Now, when it comes to treatment services and pizza toppings, why add more to confuse your clients and make their buying decision harder than it needs to be? In fact, to maximize your client's ability to make that decision and therefore make a booking, these studies actually go on to show how consumers behave when making buying decisions so that you really need to focus on just three areas. So first of all, number one, you need to make the choice quick and easy. Now, when it comes to your price list or your treatment menu, this is easiest handled by just separating it into easy to understand and logical sections and, you know, keeping the, the waffle to a minimum. Clearly group your similar treatments together and separate sections in some obvious and clearly defined way on your treatment menu. Now, number two is to make sure you simplify any complex terms. 
Now, you may want to come up with wonderfully quirky names for some of your treatments and packages and then fill those descriptions with the latest industry speak and buzzwords. But calling them what they actually are and telling people what they actually do and describing what's involved can actually help your client to zero in on what they're looking for and make a quick and straightforward decision. And then number three, the third thing that you need to focus on is eliminating the need to compare alternatives. Nothing confuses consumers more and therefore stops them buying than when it seems that you have several options that kind of do the same thing or, or a very similar thing. So by all means, have five different types of massage on your price list or your menu, but very clearly and easily point out the differences. Now, this gets particularly problematic when it comes to packages of treatments, if you happen to provide these. Now, if your services require you to have lots of options that seem similar, can you create a really simple way to communicate the differences to your client? One thing I've seen before in this is to create something like a simple comparison table with what you get with one treatment that you don't get with another or why you should have one treatment rather than another or something like that. So that's the argument not to have too many treatments on your menu, but how do you decide what to potentially remove and whether or not to add something new? Now, this is a great question and there are a number of different ways to tackle this. But here is my preferred way to do this, starting with looking at whether there's anything you should remove. Now, in the last half of 2018, I worked with a number of clients on revamping their treatment lists and prices. Now, as part of this, we carried out various forms of analysis about simplifying their offerings and whether to remove any services or treatments. And that exercise that largely inspired this episode. Now, interestingly, all of the salon owners in question felt that they had one or two treatments that they actually should go ahead and remove from their lists as they moved forward into 2019. But you know me, I prefer a bit more of a fact-based approach. So here's what we did. We looked back over the previous year or the previous six months, however much time you can get the information for, and we looked at how many of each treatment on the menu they had actually performed and also the revenue that was generated from those individual treatments. Now, this showed us where the money was really coming from into the business. Now, in almost all cases, the treatment or the service that the owner thought wasn't worth keeping was actually generating quite a significant amount of revenue. And when we looked, there often wasn't an obvious alternative, which meant that if they simply removed this treatment from their menu, they did run the risk of losing most, if not all, of that revenue. Now, on the flip side, there were a few treatments or services on their menus that they had literally only done one or two treatments of in the whole year. Now, these generally tended to be the more lengthy and the pretty expensive treatments as well. One or two treatments in the whole year, meaning that they had to train their staff to do these treatments, keep up techniques by practicing them and spend money marketing them, all of which cost money, cost time and all this for not a great deal of income at the end of the year. Now, not surprisingly, these were the first things that we removed from those treatment menus. So that's one thing you could do. You could break down your last three months, your last six months, or best of all, the last year of services provided and work out how many of them you performed, what revenue they brought in, and if you can, what percentage of your overall revenue this generated. Now, take a look at any services that really, really stand out as not contributing to the business very much. These are probably going to be your first cuts. Now, next... Take a look at any options where you have similar treatments or packages. Now, I'm willing to bet one of two things will show up here. Either the revenue generated by these services will be split evenly amongst them, or 
most of the revenue will be generated by whichever one appears first in your treatment menu. I find this happens way more often than you might think, because if this is the case, then you have that exact problem of having confused your clients. So they're either just picking one of the options at random, in which case the money will be pretty much spread evenly over them. Or like I said, and this is the most common one, they'll just go with the first one that's on your list that meets their needs and just book that one. So rather than simply cutting these treatments straight away, take a look at them. Do they actually serve different purposes? You know, can it be made clearer in your treatment menu the differences between them? Why a client would pick one over the other? If this is the case, try renaming them or rewriting the description first before you actually cut them and make sure the client know that they actually perform different functions. And if not, if you've just fallen into the trap of having multiple treatments that are almost the same, pick the most popular one and cut the rest. Now, another way I've seen this done is for people to simply base it on profitability. And what I mean by this is focusing on keeping only the most profitable of treatments. Now, this is fine, but I want to give you a word of caution here. This can work if you focus your entire business around just one specific type of treatment. But you need to be careful because generally speaking, one of the most powerful tools that you have as a beauty business owner is that you can offer multiple treatment types to the same set of clients. Now, this becomes more difficult if you become highly specialized because you can only offer one type of treatment. And what this means is you're going to need a lot more clients to be as successful or generate the same level of income, generally speaking. Okay. So remember that while certain treatments may not be your biggest earners, like for example, the classic file and polish services, it's entirely possible that a lot of your clients come to you for much bigger, much higher margin services, such as massages or facials, because you also offer those nail services too. So it could be that if you remove these services, even though they seem not to be bringing a lot of money on their own, you may affect other areas of spend. Okay, so just make sure you keep an eye on this. You've been warned. So to start with, focus on simplifying the areas of what you offer only by removing specific treatments rather than removing whole types or whole groups of treatments, if that makes sense. Now, when it comes to looking at whether you should add any new treatments or services. And I'd probably recommend that you go through the process of reviewing your treatment menu and then seeing if there's anything that you need to cut first. When it comes to adding anything new, think about surveying your existing clients first to see if that there's something that they'd particularly be interested in. Now, be careful on how you do this. Simply asking people whether they'd be interested in whatever the new treatment or services that you've got in mind will almost certainly elicit a yes from them because it's easy. It's easy for them to say it. And generally, they're going to want to sound positive if you're thinking of bringing something on board. But being interested in something and actually booking it are two completely different things. So if you're going to do this, try asking if they'd be interested. And then when they say yes, Ask them if they'd like to pre-book a very special offer, whether that be a special introductory lower price or a special course price or even just a deposit or a booking fee to secure the booking and be one of the first people to try it out. You see, if you get people actually willing to make bookings and give you money, then you're onto a winner. If not, then it could just be one more of those menu filling items that you hope will bring in more revenue rather than one that actually does. Okay, so let's make... 2019, the year of simple. Oh, you're looking for a facial to help revive your skin. No problem. That's exactly what our Skin Reviver facial does. See, how simple is that? No confusion, no complex choices, just a solution. And ultimately, that's what people want. Now, let me know what you think about this 
in the comments on the show notes page, which is always you can find at www.beautybusinesspodcast.com and simply look for the episode right there in the list on the homepage. Now, as always, but actually more importantly than ever, if you found value in this episode, or even if you've implemented something from one of the previous episodes and not let me know about it yet, then please pop over to iTunes and let me know by leaving me a rating or a review or both. You can do this online or in the podcast application on your phone, on your iPod, on your iPod, or wherever indeed you're listening to me on. Now, if you haven't listened to any of this year's podcast episodes yet, or if you've not been hanging out in my Facebook group, Beauty Business Hackers, then why not? I mean, you'll have missed out on some great information and prizes. Yes, I'm giving away a lot more prizes this year, but you'll also have missed that I've launched a public impact goal for 2019, and that is to positively change the businesses of 365 salon or spa or clinic owners all the way throughout the year. That just happens to be one every single day. And to make sure this goal is totally transparent and public, I'm measuring this by tracking your reviews and your feedback. So my team are constantly on the lookout for reviews, on comments, thank you emails, reviews everywhere that we can on the web that we can find and so that we don't miss any out. Now, if you want to know more, simply head over to salonbusinesssecrets.com forward slash impact. We should have a scoreboard up there uh, by the time you listen to this episode and all the reviews that we've counted as well so that you can check them out so far. There's also a place on there to leave us some comments, some reviews, anything you want to say on that page too. So whether it's something in this episode that has answered a question that's been bothering you for a while or something that you've learned with me before, if you haven't told me about it, please do so in the comments box on the show notes pages on iTunes, on Facebook, send me an email or go to the impact page and let me know about it there. Okay then. So short episode this week. I just wanted to really kind of put this idea out there because it's been on my mind and whilst it's not necessarily the biggest in-depth subjects i just wanted to kind of raise this in people's thoughts as we head into the year because people generally start to think about adding new things as they go through the year so i just wanted to make sure that we've kind of highlighted that that you've had to think about it and if we can let's try and make everyone's lives a little bit more simple this year now next week i'm back with an episode all about motivating your team and if you don't have a team motivating yourself and those people that you do work with even if it's not on a daily basis you see, the shine of the new year is starting to wear off a little. You know, I've even stopped wishing people a happy new year, although I did wish one person a happy new year earlier today. So now is the ideal time to put those motivation practices in place so that you don't lose that momentum that you started off the year with. Now, I hope you're going to join me for that. I'll be back in a week. Or if you're listening to me later in the year, then just click on the next episode to listen right away. Okay, bye for now.